Hello and welcome to the Mike, DJ, and Doc Show, the show that plants seeds for cultivating new culture. I'm your host, DJ Cornerstone, and my co-host is none other than Dr. William Sullivan Sr., better known on the show as Doc. We'll discuss the boundaries of our communities of things known and unknown and offer listeners a new connection to forward progress that creates a new culture that we all can be a part of harmoniously. Please stay tuned for special information at the end. Be sure to listen all the way through for the details. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We have a great show planned for you today. We'll be talking about does music play a part in guiding our lives? And on top of that, we have a very special guest from the Chicagoland footwork music world, none other than my sister, DJ Cunique from Chicago 77.3 Internet Radio, y'all. Hey, Cunique, what up, sis? Hey, bro, how you doing? Man, good I'm, to be Oh, it's, it's good to have you. I'm so excited that you're here with us. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. Really interested in the discussion today, and I'm glad to meet everybody. Uh, again, thank y'all for having me. This is um, this should be interesting. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yes. And Doc, how you feel? Hey, all is well today. Hey, just excited about today's podcast and the subject topic. And um, just hey, just looking forward to it today. What about yourself, man? I'm I'm good, man. You know, I got man, about a good six hours of sleep. You know what I'm saying? That's okay. good for a 41 oh, yes. year old man. <laughs> Definitely, yes. Yeah, took the kids to school, but man, check it out, y'all. This it's a double special day today because I also want to introduce to our listeners the mysterious man behind the scenes, our very own Clarence Avon. We got Michael Alexander, otherwise known. As Mike on the show, y'all give it up. Hello, everyone. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad to be added to the conversations. I was happy just working behind the scenes, doing things. But now, like I said, I'm just glad to be a part. Come to the table. Looking forward to it. Yes. Man, yes. right on. We're glad to have you, man. That's on the oh, real. Yes. But before we get uh -huh. into our topic, I want to give my recollection of where Footwork Dancer <clears throat> began. So, yo, DJ Cunega, anytime, please feel free to chime in, all right? Well done. Man, appreciate it. So, Footwork, Chicago Footwork, is about 40 years old. It started around the era of when house music began, back in uh, the 80s. That is definitely true, yes. <laughs> yes, definitely in the 80s. I wasn't even old enough to really know what it was, but... Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, for, for those of y'all who might remember who lived or even visited around that time, the Chicagoland area, there used to be a show called WBMX, which had, had the, uh, what was called the Hot Mix 5. You had Farley Jackmaster yes. Funk, Mickey Mixon Oliver, Steve Smoking Seals. Uh, who am I forgetting, Seals? Who? Oh, I'm forgetting the other two. Kenny Jam and Jason. Uh, I got I to gotta brush up on my, my house history. But, uh, you and me both. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's deep. Like it's that. It's it's as old as me. So it's a lot of stuff I still don't know. You know, like that. It, it's 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 it has its, it's roots in Chicago. Um, what I was told, the sound came from New York and came to Chicago. Mm. As far as the house sound, and then it developed in Chicago. That's right. Into what we know as the Chicago warehouse. So that I that I do know. That's right. I'm glad you said that because I skipped over that part. Frankie Knuckles from New York 
came to Chicago, was at the warehouse, the club in Chicago, and developed it there. Wow. So it was kind of a a birth between two cities. That's that's amazing because now it's worldwide. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it's worldwide and it has this like, it's house and then there's its own umbrella of everything that's under that. So you got uh, progressive house, mm-hmm. you know, Afro, and the it 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 it, it, it it's vast all the way to people don't even understand that the electronic dance music comes out of that. Um, mm. Things like that. like if you listen, it's like dubstep and the hard house, the acid, that, stuff like that come from techno. Yep. Techno come from house, mm-hmm. which came out. No, out of Chicago, out of Detroit. So it's all tied in, and it definitely is worldwide. So footwork, juke footwork, ghetto house is like that last bit of that that house umbrella, that real deep sound, or that sound that we know in Chicago, as they call it, um, the bastard children of the sound. (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah but the bastard children are doing big things (laughs) the ones they did not look after take care of are the ones that's doing it so hey yeah for real uh, it has that it has that that title to it but there's like uh there's still a goodness out of that like there's two sides to a person who they were before, who they become. And for work, juke for work, ghetto house is like the the transition from ghetto house into juke into footwork is like what it was and what it became and where it's going. we yeah, I'm glad you said that. Because, uh, well, first off, I want to give people uh, an awareness. So you guys listening, go ahead and Google this. Dancing with the Stars. This last, uh, most current, Victor, Iman Shumpert from, uh, I forgot which sports team. I don't even know. That's y'all's area, Mike and uh, Doc. But I forgot which team. But I do know he's a homeboy from the Chicagoland area, from Oak Park. Yes. And he had uh, won the competition with a Chicago footwork routine. Wow. Sure did. With with the bounce track. By DJ Clint and Magic Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bum, 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 yeah. Shouts bum, out bum, to Beatdown beat. House. Yes. Oh, Shout y'all. Shout out to Beatdown. Like, that was the track that wanted. But I'm watching, like, I don't, I'm not a, a TV watcher because I'm in media. I don't know, that's a whole other story, but I, I was told about it. I'm like, okay, let me watch this. And I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That that lets us know one thing though, it's getting into the mainstream now. It's not just something that's underground and other places. It's getting into the mainstream where it's crossing over. Well, I mean, yeah, and people have tried to uh take it in that direction, the mainstream, but it's (laughs) it's that hardcore underground that it's like anybody can't just get in. Like, they've gotcha. tried. I see. All right. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's definitely a hometown thing. And if outsiders do get in, you, you, you've you done your homework. 
you study, you listen, you know that it's not just something we do to be doing. It's something that we do because each one of us have uh, attested that the sound has changed our lives and saved our lives. I see. You know, okay. You know, the, the 80s and the 90s was rough, so the music saved a lot of us. A lot of us. So. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a sister by the name of uh, Deshaun Battle. Just wow. got to give her her props because she, what DJ Cunic just touched on, is uh, they have a whole documentary on that of different dancers in Chicago who actually have real experiences where them dancing kept them out of jail, kept them from getting beat up, and kept them from getting killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's coming out. She's still oh. putting it together. So, yeah. Wow. But um, yeah. Uh, interesting thing, too, sis, is when you was talking about how, you know, it started off, you know, with House, and then it, it kind of merged to footwork, and then it kind of goes back. So I don't know if you got to see the show. I've been looking for it, but I had a conversation with King Charles one day, right? And uh, okay. everybody knows who that guy is. He's one of kind of like one of the main ambassadors of footwork. Of footwork. So he's been about all yeah. over the world. Yes. And uh, with TFology. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And in that conversation, he was telling me about when one of his friends was having a conversation with a, a brother named Bo. I don't remember what group it was, but he was saying in this conversation, because uh, his homeboy, J. Ron, they do interviews, too, with the show called Behind the Name. And mm-hmm. Bo was the one who first started the Holy Ghost, the dance. If, I, if I'm messing this up, wow. please let me know, because I might be mixing up the wrong name. Big on me. Oh, wow. Yeah. You come to who started what? I'm like this. Because <laughs> I, look, I wasn't there. I have, I, like, for me, like, like I said, everybody got their own story. And for me, it was different. I, I grew up around people that didn't even, like, was into footwork. But most of the people that I knew that was into the footwork was the thugs. And they were mm, dancing. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't trying to hang around them because I already lived in this environment. I don't want to mm. be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm separating myself so this is where footwork and I'm telling my story so that you understand I can't verify confirm or deny who did what or this or that because I wasn't even in that I was too busy surviving mm. living in Chicago mm. as a young woman as a, a, a first a little girl as a young woman teenager you know and then a woman like this sound kept me from being a, a statistic in my own environment. I see. So that's that's what I can tell you as far as who started what dance, who made what track, unless I'm friends with these people and I talk to them and I get their versions of these stories. Q don't know nothing about <laughs> <Q's story. laughs> I see. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find that clip, but I, I'm going to finish up the what he was saying was that it was one day, I don't know, it was at a party or it was outside, a block party. He just started doing these moves no one's done before, and it was cold. People was like, man, what, what was that? Like, what was you doing? He was like, I don't know. Like, it was like, what, what made you want to do that? He was like, man. He just said, God. So because of that, because he said that's what was on his mind. So, and this way back years before footwork is where it is now. So he called the move Holy Ghost. And I believe, I don't want to mix it up, but I believe it was on the west side oh. first when this happened. 
that the rest of the idea start to dance. And that move. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that move particularly, the Holy Ghost, they shortened it and just nicknamed it Ghost. And from there, go. <laughs> Come on, Cuneek. I'm y'all, I do y'all, she breaking it down right now. She up there chair foot working. <laughs> chair ghosting and percolating. <laughs> I see you now. Come on with that house of Maddox head roll. I saw that. <laughs> And that was like the move that everybody started doing and built more footwork up off of that. But then we got to the South Side of Chicago where it really grew because the South Side is bigger. It is it's, it's predominantly black. Yeah. A lot more of us there. But over yeah. time, it's like they, for, they forgot about the part of where it really came from, that it was inspired by God. And uh, it kind of went into ghetto house after house. Where, mm. like the message in the music, you know, at the message in the music was definitely for the time. I, I'm gonna tell you like this. That is why I say from where I was before and where I am now. The messages in Ghetto House. Um, now it's like, oh, you playing that? But like, <laughs> like that's a cold song. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if I want to play that, you know, because this one. It's some very raunchy lyrics in those songs, you know. You giving direct, it's direct messages of, you know, uh, things that that grown folks do, basically. So there you go. You know, now it's like uh, now in my life, if I play that, that would be for like a a a, a adult party, serious adult party, with people who like to listen to that sound. But ghetto house. Was things that was happening in the '90s was not cool. Like you know, I, I'm I'm gonna say this. I, I hope it doesn't you know turn things differently. But women were being violated in ways that was, what wasn't cool. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, granted, some of the music, well, most of the music is good. However, a lot of the lyrics basically tell you what was happening. Because of where we are with this conversation, I don't want to dig too deep into that, but Ghetto House, just like gangster Rap, just like hip-hop, it told a story of what was happening at that time with the people that was listening, and people were basically sexual, like over-sexualized mm. at that time. You know, it's not to, to, to talk down about it because mm. it's what got us to where we are now, but it was a very... Is very over sexualized music that it's only for adult parties. Kids shouldn't be listening to it. We was kids listening to these lyrics, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you're right on that, and um, to see that then through Juke and now with Footwork, the lyrics to me out of the tracks I hear they're. They're not as raunchy as it was with Ghetto House. Man, I, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like yeah. there has been a a mm-hmm. definite change. Like some people don't even use lyrics. Yeah, they just create the sound. And then those that do use lyrics again, it's 
about, you know, what they're doing. So some people, you know, they smoke mm. weed, so they got the blowing on the endos, EQIs, and we blow trees well, with tribes. Well, and then I... you got just, they not using lyrics at all, just us dancing. Yeah, that, that's interesting you bring that point up, because that, that would be one of the questions I would un- want to know about. Since because everything always is evolving into something next level or new direction or something like that. And what we were hoping to be part of this pack podcast is eventually introducing that kind of music to different audiences of everywhere. Now I know you just said that everybody mainstream is not probably gonna be your audience, but do you think in it can ever be used in a way to enlighten? Because like you said, we're talking about does music play a part in guiding our lives. So do you think that that would be something that would evolve in the, from ghetto to maybe to another level to ins- inspiration? It's it's happening now. Okay. It's happening now. And I, I say that because um, of the journey of where I am now. I turned 40 in September. Mm-hmm. Two weeks after I turned 40, I attended a uh, New Life Church with Pastor Hannah. Okay. Shout out to because he, he put me on that. And maybe like a month or so after that, I joined the church. I haven't stopped going since. Well, <laughs> uh, amen. <laughs> and uh, have even started doing Bible study with my aunt every Wednesday since the beginning of this month. So... When I say that it's already happening, I look at it because there's a there's a shift happening right now. Mm-hmm. We have the pioneers are now the mentors, you know, and then there's people like um, the new kids are coming in. Uh, DJ Clint, shout out to DJ Corey, he's the next in line, and then there's. Uh, DJ Rashad's son, Chad, he's next in line. And that's DJ Mario, he's next in line. I myself being one of, like, at this point in this generation, there's no other women doing it other than Generation J. So now I'm ushering in a new, and the way I feel is just like Cornerstone said, the the, the dance, the, the feel of the dance and the music has a direct feeling of it. It's God-given. It comes from God. The sounds make you move and animate in ways you wouldn't do with just regular music. So after it went through what it went through in Ghetto House, uh, that's my line, I'm sorry. After it went through what it went through in Ghetto House, telling a story of people that were broken down and in poverty and over-sexualized and we, we missing our parents, we raising ourselves, it, it, and then it goes into juke where it's predominantly created to dance, still in somewhat of a, of a sexualized way, but mostly they were they started, they say they kicked their legs. This is when they start actually doing the footwork moves. And then you notice that these moves are associated with moves that come from the motherland. People that dance spiritual, you know, to their guys and they, they try. So now, and then it goes over into footwork, the lyrics do get a little a little better, mm-hmm. but people are doing more dancing and they dancing from here. Okay. It's from the heart. Like it's kind of hard to to not say that God isn't in that particular type of music, but it it it, 
it's also to say that it does matter what you put in the music that helps drive the people because to me, after going through what I went through and turning my life back to God, the role that I'm taking seems more clear and it's been more abundant. Hmm. All right. Wow. Hey, well, y'all think this is a good time for us to take a quick break and we'll be back more with more of DJ Cunique joining us on the Mike, DJ, and Doc show. What's up? It's your girl, DJ Cunique from Chicago 77.3 Internet Radio, and you are listening to the Mike, DJ, and Doc show. All right, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we just spoke on some of the history of house music leading up to the transitions to footwork, but now we're about to get a little bit deep. Come on now, get you need to get your fishing boots on for this one. We about to dig. <laughs> get them high knee rubber boots on. <laughs> yeah. So hey, so to to any of y'all, that this question goes to anybody who wants to answer. Do you think music plays a part in guy in our lives? Yes. That's that is I I would say that's a no-brainer, but it is yes. Uh. <laughs> and we was I, I was saving this. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Music theory. When when they took the arts out of the school, it really damaged us because they didn't teach about uh theory and music. Uh tone, color, and sound. Angelic and demonic tones Ooh. exist. There's the the when music started, music started as secular. Like there was mostly like chants and humming and praying, you know, because we've mm-hmm. been here forever. So it's uh, a way of speaking in language and started with different hums and chants. It's the it's the with this now way music transition. It transitioned into secular music for the church. Mm. There were songs that could not be played. Like when, and, and at this point, this is when the uh, Catholic Church took over. Mm-hmm. Certain certain sounds couldn't be played because they were deemed angelic and demonic. So you have um, different sounds at different frequencies also uh, make the body. Like, uh, I think there's, uh, what was it? I don't want to get it wrong, but I think it was either 140 hertz or 40. But I believe it was 140. Uh, That particular type of music brings out anxiety in people. And um, the way it was tested was there were two two songs played at two different frequencies. One was played at the anxiety frequency and one was played at the higher frequency of uh, a feeling. Now, I just did this for myself. Other people have picked which one made them feel better, and more people felt worse listening to the one that made them have the anxiety, I myself included. So um, the harmony in the keys, the melodies that are played, the rhythms that are used, the colors and the tones that are used uh, for each individual song does and can affect how we how we uh, interact, and that's even without words. Now, once you add the words, uh, 
it makes it worse because now it's like it's a a, a chant. It's now like becoming a prayer, becoming a chant. Um, we'll take drill music, for instance. The mayor of New York wants to remove drill music off of the radio mm. because he feels that it's pushing the crime in his city. Well, if, if you're not a listener of it, I would say, um, like, research and listen to a song and listen to the, not, not just the words. Like, I'm one of those people who I can separate the words from the song. Try to separate the words and just listen to the music alone first. It, it it gives it gives the body a feeling in which it before it's even telling you to do something that's making you feel like you want to do something. Mm. You get that? Like most people say that they listen to it to go to the gym. It gives them that that energy and that rush and that charge that they need to go harder and go faster. And, you know, it puts that aggression mm-hmm. in them to want to move like that versus. Hmm. Jazz music. So totally different realm. And you think about listening to jazz music, it gives a calming, uh, a calming sense of being. You uh, you want to chill. You want to enjoy the mood, or you're you know having a good conversation. It doesn't make you feel aggressive if you want to fight or just go that hard to do. So with this, it is important to understand that there God is in the music, but you have to really listen to what to 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 where it is. And if you listen to different types of music, you'll realize that the tones and the color do play a role in how it makes people feel. Hmm. That's, that's a good, that's good. point. You, yes, it is. Help me, help me with my understanding a little bit, because I'm I'm not really a musician myself, and okay. the thing about it is, I was watching that uh documentary with Quincy Jones. Now everybody here familiar with Quincy Jones, yes, the Q, and he's been around a long time. And one thing that I caught out of that documentary is one, when, when he was in the states, it was tough for him over here, but when he went to France, and he was learning how to do uh the opera directing an orchestra and all those different things. The teacher said something to him. It was the mentor or whoever the lady was. I can't recall her name. But she told Q that, guess what? It's only 12 notes. It's only 12 notes. (laughs) You you can arrange them any way you want to to make whatever sound you want. So when when I heard that, I started thinking, well, you mentioned earlier about the secular world and church world and different worlds like that. If we all have the t- same 12 notes, you know what I'm saying? Whether we use the sound that was created outside of the church or did it start in the church, where is the, the maybe the original sound come from? Because it's back and forth if we look down through time. And then sometimes you have songs like that are coming to like Kirk Franklin, for instance. A lot of songs okay. he's using... Well, they went back and they grabbed like some R&B tracks of, from back in the day, the 70s, or 80s or whatever. And he's changing the lyrics up to them, different things. Are there evil to bring that music into the church? Because it's still the same 12 notes. It's the message, I think, in that situation. And in, in that aspect, that's true. It's definitely the message. But I, I wanted to say something about that. Mm-hmm. If, he, if Kirk Franklin is doing that, the, 
where where it matters, like I said, it's, it's definitely you want the message, but where it matters too is what he's using. If he's using a throwback song that more than likely has some bad connotations to it, lyric wise, but it was sound wise good, mm-hmm. I would I would believe it's the message. But if it was a song that had a bad sound to it, along with the bad lyrics, I would question that because okay. uh, the, the music does have the same 12 notes, but then what they don't tell you is that there's the notes that's in between the sharps and the flats. Mm. Those are the ones that pull out the angelic and the minor because um, I think the sharps are the, it's a small little B next to a, 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 a note and the sharp is the hashtag um, the, the, the hashtag sign um, for music readers. So those those particular sounds, those are the ones that play the role in altering the music, how a, a, the, a C note could sound like a regular C note, but it'll sound different if you combine it with a sharp. Okay. I can dig that. And uh, just just to share my experience, I'm going to say two things. Um, I can remember since back in high school days, for one, you had No Limit and you had Three Six Mafia. And I remember going going to the parties or the club and even before the words kicked in, as soon as you heard Everybody just started, and after about two minutes in, people's pushing, and about three minutes in, people fighting. It's funny that you mentioned those two because to me, those are a, a perfect example of okay, it's 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 all southern rap. And 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 to me, you know, no one is better than the next. But this is a great example in me trying to explain an angelic and a demonic tone. Three Six Mafia was all into devil worship. They let you know that. They so, and then when you listen to the music, it sounds very dark. The No Limit. Wow made their music and it was it, it was more upbeat and people was doing their little shove or whatever but most people came together when uh no limit song came on we was all no limit soldiers then like <laughs> you know well, gold like, teeth before, and everything <laughs> man I, I got my um my high school shirt um somebody drew a no limit tank on it like, <laughs> the shirt is like 24 years old and i still be laughing at it but when it was no limit, I, from what I remember, people were unified behind that. You know, like I didn't really know too many people that were uh, fights breaking out. So when it came to that, but when it came to Three Six Mafia, oh, it was fights breaking out and everything. And you know, they had one song. I hear it in my head right now. And it sounds like a double song. That drink, that drink, that drink will make you think. Now, how do I know this? Because my husband and his sister, rest her soul, used to have radio wars. And this is what they would play 
mm. three, six mafia songs back and forth from each other. And I would ask, I'm like, do y'all really know what y'all listening to? Because this sound like some devil music. Like, mm. it does, it, mm. it didn't make me feel good. And then I'm looking at how they act when they got it on and they dancing and, you know, it's, it's the looks of sadness and depression. And I'm like, something is wrong with this, you know? Mm. So those two groups, like, like I said, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's that's a perfect example for me that let me know like the Three Six Mafia wasn't necessarily like I there are things I heard I like you know but I'm like I can't really listen to this or play it because it's it's giving off a vibe that's telling people to do stuff to harm themselves. Yeah. And then mm. when, when you said about the keys, the frequencies, you know what I thought about is um. When you watch certain movies, and uh, it seems like something's about to get intense, you get that that weird sound, especially horror movies. It's got that sound where you, they like they playing the black key that's right next to the white keys. You know, like <laughs> it sounds better when the keys are have a space in between them. And uh, like if you do C, uh, let me get it right. I ain't a pianist, but uh, what is it? CD, CD, play C and A. You know, but if you play B and C, it ain't gonna sound. It ain't gonna sound right, yeah. Yeah, because right next to each other. But yeah, and it but gives yeah, you that. But yeah, it's like that in movies too. And they and, and and everything that you that you encounter that has sound, even when I DJ, it's set up a way. It's set up in that way for you to hear it. And and when people play these keys. And they can get your body to feel a certain way when you're watching a horror movie versus a rom-com or a comedy. It's set in that way. They manipulate the sound in that way to get that feeling out of you. Because you can get that feeling out of you without even watching the movie. You just hear the sound. Think about you're it. Right. You, wow. You're right. Ooh, you you're play right. that sound and you just like it's you... I just, I, I'm, I hear it now. I hear one playing right now. Hey, <laughs> no music going on, but the way a musician thinks, we hear everything all day, even when nothing's playing, we hear. So when we just spoke about that and being a horror movie, I just heard horror and I got an eerie feeling over me with that. So it, it does, mm. that, that plays a role. They do it to manipulate your feeling. Mm. Man, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah, then um, thinking back to where, where we talked about the words, I'm going to go back to what you said about Kirk Franklin to, to kind of give a, a break it down even further. So say, for instance, Kirk Franklin, he tends to yeah take music, disc, old funk songs and disco songs and R&B songs, but they are like songs that have a good feel good message back in the day but now if Kirk Franklin were to uh to take Iron Butterfly or Puff the Magic Dragon take the music from that and put gospel words to it now there's people from back in the day that probably used to smoke real good that was probably like <laughs> <laughs> like they were like look I'm trying to be different I'm trying to have a different life I'm going to church Sorry, not- how do you hear that? Yeah. Well, for one, if Kurt Franklin is a good leader, he would not use that song. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, right. And, like, like and, we that's that's a definite. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that one. You have people that have overcome some things that there are 
uh, sounds that would trigger your know, songs that would trigger a memory or a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mm-hmm. have songs that just play that trigger me to cry when I, I thought about something that was, you know, we yeah. got songs that give us or sounds that give us memories and take us back to stuff. It, I hear a certain sound and it's the uh, Empire commercial. Like, you, <laughs> you never <laughs> really know. It, it, it's uh, well, it's continuously happening, but he shouldn't mm-hmm. do that because it'll right. open up something else and, and and of course that like i said we don't want to beat up on kirk franklin and he's an established good artist yeah. i just used him as an example hey what's up y'all it's your brother in the footwork dj cornerstone and you are listening to the mike dj and doc show yeah this is good and you know, music has you know it it plays a great part in the culture of people. I mean, from musicians and music and things and instruments being mentioned in the Book of Psalms, and then uh, we know um, even in heaven, uh, you know, Lucifer was a great musician. So music has always been his choice of thing to utilize because mm-hmm. the sounds you know affect. The Super Bowl was a perfect example of what's leading our culture and the type of music. It was hip-hop music. That's the biggest event in America, you know, is football, is is America's sport. It was all hip-hop artists. So that lets us know what's defining our culture, you know, what's shaping our culture, what people are listening to, what's bringing people together. Because, okay. I mean, it's all different races. It's one of the biggest events in the world. The halftime show, come on, was full of a hip-hop culture that was purposeful, you know? So that, that's a defining moment. You have to pay attention to stuff like that. It lets you know, you know, so it's very influential. And music and the things started within the church. There was a place in the Bible where a guy had an evil spirit, mm. and he called for David. His name was Saul. And he called for David to play the harp because music was considered to be therapeutic. You, therapeutic had a therapeutic effect. It, yes. would, it could resolve, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or in yes. the same way it can intensify people and get people hyped up to go do wrong. In the, in the, in the same effect, it has an effect to resolve the anxieties within people. And way back in history, since Africans and African dancing, and you've had people that dance to do witchcraft and, you know, and to do to cast spells on people. So, you know, in certain cultures. So music has shaped all different types of people's cultures. You know, Chicago, you know, we've been talking about Chicago, but you go from state to state, city to city, there's something, you know, that defines their culture. You mm-hmm. know, you know, um, so. Uh, Here in Houston, it's yes. uh, chopping screws. <laughs> I'm right. screwed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. yeah. <laughs> and you know, in Louisiana, they got the giddy dance where mm-hmm. it, it looks just like no, a church dance. Huh? Yeah. Zydeco yeah. And, and so and bounce. Yes. And so you got it on all different arenas. And I say, you know, music, but at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, music it, it plays its place. It's good to have the right music, even in church, when you come to church to make sure it's invested in the right sound quality, the right sound system, making sure it's on key. Do you understand? Because people have an ear 
you know, ear to ear to make sure the music is on key, it's on point. So, because it plays a very, you know, powerful role in culture, period. You know what I'm saying? It's funny you say that Mm -hmm. because um, it wasn't, I think it was maybe like two Sundays ago, maybe even three. Um, And Pastor Glenn said something that was very profound that stuck out. That he said, with everything that's happening now, there is spiritual warfare. There's different things that's out to get our people. So if you didn't get taken out by accidental death, or you didn't get taken out by your own hand, and no one took you out, the next place where they try to reach you is with the culture. Yes. And that's where that's where the the disconnect comes because it's it's happening. They're reaching people within the culture um, with the music and the um, incessant need to have followers and people see you do what you do, no matter how big or small it is. Uh, the the work the devil is coming into that. No, not even coming to it, but it's there. If I can, you know, if that makes sense. It's already there. And whereas having people fight within the culture, um, the the music that tells them to do drugs and kill themselves and a lot of the depressed rappers, you know, they rap in their story, but they also speaking of the things that they do and it's like instructions for people to follow in their footsteps and the more I see, like, our people are constantly dying through suicide or accidental overdoses and and things like that. So the culture is drawing people in where they're not, not they're not really in the right mind to know what to choose. Right, yes. And that's good, yes. And you say you in Texas. Yeah, so I've, that astral world situation. Comes oh, to my mind. That's right. You, 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 so the whole, you set, know, the whole set. Like I, I, I didn't go. I, um, I really don't do too much here in Houston, but stay in the house. Mm. You know, groceries. Right. Uh, my, my child is homeschooled, so I'm really not a. I'd rather be back home in Chicago. Um, mm. but the. That Astro World situation, the way they set it up, it, when you look at the way that it was set up, it already looked like a place that nobody should have been. The, the, the entryway looked like a portal to hell. Yes. Okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that, that looked like first, hell. Yes. That was the first yes. sign. Like, why am I walking... Yes. What am I about to go to, you know, go into? So that was the first time. And then a the death fact walk. that everything else just looked like hell from the back. Like, it, uh, something, uh, first of all, with the way that Texas is, that's a whole nother story. Um, this state needs help in so many ways. Um, but the, the common sense level is low here. And that... A lot of people fall into that because this is what they listen to. I don't listen to the radio here because what the music is here is top 40. Uh, Anything that's within the last 10 years or so. And um, the drill music. 
and chop this group. And they got country music, things like that. But for the urban area, this is what they listen to. And that the Astro Road situation had a lot of people from everywhere. So it, it wasn't just our people. You know, it was the, yeah, it was several different people there. So that shows, like you say, hip hop reaches the world. So it was the fact that there was just no. It just feels like there wasn't any care with that. It felt like it was a seance, or uh, 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 like a a lot of artists come up after they go through some tragic event, uh, something major happens, uh, and that's what seems to happen because I haven't really heard anything else about it afterwards other than there, there were 10, 10 to 11 people that passed away from that yeah. alone, but I haven't heard anything where it's really hurting him too much. Right, correct, yes. And with you saying that, I believe, you know, the culture of hip-hop, I mean, of course, we know the influence of Hollywood, and if you study what Hollywood means and, you know, that tree and where that came from, and so as long as an artist is beneficial for the powers to be financially, they they pretty much do what they want to do. They become untouchable. They become gods in this world. And looking, (laughs) yes, in this world. And the moment they become a not a, a liability and no more, no longer, let's use maybe R. Kelly, for example, oh, where, where you can't no longer capitalize off his influence and power. Now we'll flip it and now we'll get rich on you another way by, mm-hmm. you know, the demise, right? Books and everything. So that's how it's set up. It's set up to raise them up, to use them, to influence the culture. And they can capitalize. They'll make them rich and wealthy. But the longer, the minute they can't capitalize off of them, there'll be a day in time where Travis Scott, he'll he'll have to deal with all 10 or, 10 or 11 of the murders. May not right <laughs> now because he's financially, it's too much financial gain for the powers to be. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's like he can pack out stadiums. You know, them tickets was probably, what, 100 to $200, $300? I mean, it yeah. costs to go to a concert. It, it costs, you know. Boy, yeah. hey. Parents that took they their taxing kids. on. They tag like yeah, they was taxing on that. And yes. you know, yes. and, and sessions about with that uh, unrelated to music, Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. Yes, correct. Yes, same thing. I, I, I really yes. feel yes. like <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah. You're untouchable as long as we're capitalizing off you. We they mm-hmm. cover anything you do. The moment you can't, they can't capitalize off you, the bottom falls out. And everything that you did or whatever, now you got to deal like, huh? And so, yeah, it's just, I mean, you just see it. It's, yeah, yeah, I'm going to listen. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And this why I choose to take the route that mm. I'm Because the fast yeah. route, the fast route is the one that's going to give you any and everything that your heart desires when it yes. comes to the world. But taking the route that I'm taking is more beneficial for my soul. Definitely, yes. And that's what separates artists from each other. What are you really doing it for? Are you doing it because you want to see the fame and the fortune and the, the you want to see the false things of the world that's going to give you a temporary love at a moment and then you're still going to be looking for that after it's all over? Or do you want something that's long-lasting and beneficial? And that's it. And there it is. 
Right on. Hey, so y'all, this is some good stuff here. But yo, don't don't lose them thoughts y'all got. Y'all got some good stuff in them beautiful brains of y'all. But we're gonna take another break and get back with the Mike DJ and Doc show. This is Dr. William L. Sullivan Sr., better known as Doc, and we would like to thank you for listening to the Mike, DJ, and Doc show. And there it is. All right, all right, we're back. Hey, yo, sis, DJ Cunique. Before you go, hey. I want to thank you for being our special guest on the Mike, DJ, and Doc show. And thank just you, oh, anytime, you know, you, you family, so we're going to oh, have yes. you <laughs> <laughs> we got we definitely gonna have you back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but um if you could, if you let can you let our listeners know like what shows or projects you have coming up and where our audience can find you? Sure. Um well I have my uh the Connection Radio show plays every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. on the Chicago 77.3 Internet Radio app. Uh you can find it on Google, Apple. Uh, we're on Roku and um, Alexa as well. Um, I, I, you can find me on pretty much every social media as Cunique. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I've gone over to TikTok, so I'll be doing lives and stuff. Oh. Yeah, I see you uh, cutting up. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, that's the underscore connection, C-U-E-N-E-C-T-I-O-N. Like connection, but Q-nection. Um, and the website is under the same thing, www.theconnection.com. Um, next week, Friday, I'll be DJing RP Boo's 50th birthday party at Smart Bar. Ooh, what? Uh, and this will be my <laughs> second time back at Smart Bar. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to clap it up on that one. That's big. <laughs> Thank you. Like, yeah, that's, so I'm like excited. So that's, um, that's pretty much what I got going right now. You know, a wedding in July. Uh, surprise what? appearance in August. So out if you out in August and you're coming, you're coming to a specific thing in August. I can't, I can't really speak about it, but I think I, I think you know what I'm talking about. I have to tell you later. Well, I, can't, well, I know I can't. August is Footwork Appreciation Month, Bad uh-huh. Month. So I'm, I'm getting an idea. August. What'd you say? I, something is something big that happens in August. You know about Bud, the Bud Billiken Parade. No. I'm not, I'm not, can't tell you. Okay, like, okay. I, I, I'm going to squeeze it out you. of you later, though. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you here. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else listening, just be around in August. <laughs> Word. Well, cool. Hey, y'all, and thank you again, sis. But, man, we, we want to uh, transition to something else, a, a new segment of our show where we got the 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 wonderful the intelligent intellectual the 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 king doc oh, william wow. sullivan <laughs> with the, the segment there it is there it is there it is there it is yes well there it is what we want to do now is just summarize our show today uh, on how music plays a part in steering our lives, uh, how it influences the culture, um, the style, the tone, the expression, the motion, the unification, retention, restoration, how just uh, music has been very pitiful since the beginning of time. 
and how, you know, we have to be mindful of the music and the sounds that our children are listened to. Many times a child, one or two years old, can sing a whole song, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, can't say the ABC, <laughs> you know, couldn't, couldn't pronounce that word unless it was in that song. They can, as long as they singing it, they can get the word out. But in normal circumstance, they couldn't pronounce that word, couldn't couldn't read the word or nothing. But that lets you know how music, it moves, you know. It'll have a child, a little baby sitting there rocking and moving around because it influences the sounds, the beats. You know, that beat is powerful. You know, that beat, that sound, you know. And so uh, music playing has plays a very important role. And we just want to make sure that we are filtering and that we are we are not so disconnected as parents and grandparents and those that are raising our youth and children to not know what's going on. You need to know some of these arts. You need to listen to some of this stuff and not only listen to the clean version. The, these radio stations, they they starting to play it to where you know what the word is anyhow. It may be a bleep, but it's so clear of what was getting ready to be said. I'm like, wow. It's like, you know, there's no limits. I mean, the word B the B word is mentioned on regular daytime TV now that, you know, and mm-hmm. I mean, so it's like, wow, that's just, it's, it's a different day and time we living in. So a lot of times there's not even a subliminal message. You can hear the message. You know what I'm saying? The message is just right there in your face. What I'm saying, this is it, you know? So hey, uh, that's kind of where we at. But uh, Mike, I, I, man, just looking forward to hearing from you now. And there it is. All right. First of all, I just want to thank y'all for like, allowing me to be on the mic on this show. I think I can continue to do this because <laughs> I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed the conversation with everything. But what, right now, what I want to let you know is please check out the Mike DJ and Doc show at yes. www.micdjandoc.com. Look for us on Facebook or Apple Music, or you can get us also on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And we just thank you for tuning in, and we'll be putting out our next episode on April 7th. And guess what? This one is going to be dealing with finances. I know we talked about finances a few episodes ago, but we're going to go into a little more detail on this episode. And the topic is how much value is 10% worth? Again, how much value is 10% worth? And we're going to have a special guest on there, Mr. Kenny Harris, a certified public accountant out of Bolingbrook who's been uh, accounting for over 30-some years and worked in a lot of different jobs. And we're looking forward to hearing from him and getting his input on our conversation. Thank you, and please tune in again. This podcast was recorded at Audio Hive Podcasting in Joliet, Illinois. Audio Hive Podcasting is a studio dedicated to podcast recording, editing, and production. Check us out at www.audiohivepodcasting.com. Thank you.